Cougar Sports Saturday. It's complete and another touchdown! Cougar Sports Saturday. Saturday. A presentation of KSL Sports. KSL Sports. Left wing for three. He got it again! BYU Sports Talk by Cougar fans for Cougar fans. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte. On Utah's legacy home of the Cougars. KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Good afternoon, Cougar Nation. Welcome on into Cougar Sports Saturday, noon to three here. We're going to take you all the way up to three o'clock, talking BYU football, BYU basketball. As the Cougs, they got a huge win last night on the hardwood against San Diego State. We'll break that down and also preview this BYU-Iowa State game. Who's going to go to the bowl season? They got to get that sixth win. It's a huge game tonight at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It's a blackout, and we will have you covered over the next three hours. We got to start things off, Mitch, with football. There was news earlier in the week, exciting news for many. Let's get to it. The leadoff. A look at the stories making headlines right now. It's time for the leadoff on Cougar Sports Saturday. Quarterback watch. (laughs) Can you name that movie reference? Anchorman. Yes, Mitch, I love it. Panda watch. The mood is tense. (laughs) Earlier in the week, BYU offensive coordinator announced who will be starting at quarterback for Brigham Young football against Iowa State. And it is Jake Retzlaff who will be getting the nod. Here's what Aaron Roderick had to say about going back to Retzlaff and how the offense can work around Jake. Uh, we're trying to play to his strengths as well as we can without wholesale change to, to the offense that's going to throw the other 10 players off. What did you think of the news, Mitch? I think it was the right one. And it also shows that you know, Slovis is still working his way back. I think there's the elephant in the room where people are going, did he get benched? Is, is he injured? No, he's, he's been banged up. I mean, he, he has taken shots over the course of these you know last six, seven games where he's gotten banged up, and it just came to a point where you know he's was barely even able to hold the football. This was Aaron Roderick on Slovis and his injury that he's been navigating. It just hit a point where he couldn't, do, he couldn't throw. I mean, he was in a lot of pain last week. He couldn't grip the ball. Just having trouble throwing, so we just had to pull him back. So you're going with Retzlaff, and I think that it's the right move. And I feel like, you know, in a game where it feels like a do or die situation for BYU, I, it might sound extreme because there's still two games after, but it's two top 25 teams after this week. You got to find a way to get this done. And Retzlaff, with some quarterback design runs, uh, his ability to kind of improvise, I think it could give BYU a look where, hey, maybe they can find a way to pull off the upset tonight. I think it's comforting too that this staff has a backup quarterback that they believe in, unlike last year where Jaron Hall gets dinged up and they were still trotting him out there as long as they could because they didn't believe in the next guy, Jacob Conover, who, by the way, had a horrific performance at Utah a a few weeks ago. So maybe the coaches were right in that case. But this time around, they feel like, hey, a healthy Jake Retzlaff gives us a better chance to win than a banged-up Keen Slovis. And that's a good place to be. You want to have quarterbacks on your roster that you believe in and can get the job done in the event that your starting quarterback gets hurt. So I think that's that's a really good thing for BYU because, look, there were flashes last week. Retzlaff was 24-42, 210 yards, had the 10 carries, 26 yards. You'd love to see a higher completion percentage. You'd love to see better yards per carries on the runs. But there were enough flashes there where you felt like if they could sustain a drive, if they could – maybe have a different play call on a third and two or a fourth and two, maybe it leads to points, and that gets the ball rolling down the hill. So 
I like the move. And the thing that I like the most about it too, Mitch, is that they just came out and said it. Because they could have said, we're working through it. It's Keaton's day-to-day. We'll see. I love that they just put their vote of confidence behind Jake Retzlaff. We're going with Jake. We're working with Jake. We're getting the offense ready for Jake Retzlaff. He's the guy this week. I love that vote of confidence. Well, and the thing is, too, is that there's there's film on Retzlaff. There's film on Slovis. There's film on everyone at this point. It's game number 10, so you can't pull the wool over people's eyes and fool someone. You're not going to throw out something that's so exotic and so unique. BYU is a case of kind of who they are, and Iowa State, to a lesser degree, they are who they are, and Iowa State's made a lot of improvements since early part in the season where they were struggling losing to Ohio. Both teams come into the matchup at 5-4. and four. This 5-4 and four for BYU feels a lot different as they're coming off the hills of a disastrous loss to West Virginia, but the nice thing about Retzlaff is that you get this opportunity to play him. He still maintains his red shirt, and it's a nice evaluation in these four games for Retzlaff to play. We were hoping to get a chance to see what he could do in these four games anyway. I, you know, there was never a plan to necessarily start him in those games, but we wanted to at least get him in some. And It's unfortunate for Keaton, but it's turned out to be a good opportunity just to at least see what we have in Jake. It's a great opportunity because you look at next year. Look, this year's all, all is not lost. Look, before the year began, we were, we were saying – they get to a bowl game, it's a successful season. Yeah. That's still within reach. But it's nice next year to find out, do we got something here? Or do we need to go back into the portal and add some depth? And maybe they do that anyways, just because that seems to be what college football is. And you have the quarterback competition and you have the depth. But it is a great opportunity in these next couple games to see if Jake Retzlaff can produce, if he can galvanize the team, if he can lead them to a bowl win. I think that would go a long way – to helping this staff feel like we can build around him next year. And I like the way that Retzlaff played last week. I thought his decision making was quick. I, I thought that, you know, he just he got the ball off at a high level and I thought he threw with a lot of zip on behind his passes. I just think that Retzlaff has some ability. Am I ready to anoint him as QB1 in 2024? No, not yet, but I am intrigued by the prospects of what he can provide to this BYU team. And I'll tell you if he wins tonight, yeah. He's your starter the rest of the season. If he wins, there's no there's no going back to Slovis if Retzlaff wins tonight. It's a huge opportunity for Jake because if he gets this done, you're rolling with him the rest of the way because you maintain the red shirt and then you're getting some momentum into bowl season. And then next year, he would be your guy. And you'd say to Keaton, OK, we appreciate the efforts. We're going to do everything for you to get you ready for the NFL, give you the top trainers, give you the great evaluations to scouts and whatever they need to hear to get you drafted. But we're moving forward. And I think that's okay. I mean, because honestly, Slovis in this offense with a poor offensive line that they have, and BYU's offensive line was taken to task this week by coaches, by media, as they should. They were terrible last week against West Virginia. Keaton Slovis is not going to thrive with that offensive line. Retzlaff could because he can run. It's hard to believe that anyone could if they play like they did against West Virginia. Sure, I mean. Because it was bad. Oh, it was, it was a disaster. And you go... Where's the physicality of this BYU offensive line that was the staple in 2020 and 2021, even to a lesser degree in 2019? You know, that was a seven and six football team, but even then you felt like you're going to feel BYU for 60 minutes. I think that's one of the discouraging things about BYU right now is that, yes, we all expected BYU was going to lose games in the Big 12. Yep. Coming into the year, I predicted BYU being five and four coming into this game. I had them winning the first five and then losing the next four. I always looked at Iowa State as the game to get you to bowl eligibility. So by my our preseason predictions, we kind of thought this is where they would be. 
but I never expected that you would have two, three games where you just get outclassed and you don't even put a dent or a threat into an opponent where they are just manhandling you in the trenches. I thought BYU would be the type of team where you are going to feel them for 60 minutes, and yeah, you might have won, but man, it was a dogfight to get that win over BYU. That hasn't been the case. I mean, West Virginia, they get the opening coin toss. They receive, they elect to receive and say, we're going to run it down your throat, you're going to do nothing about it, and you're going to have to watch it and endure the suffering every single drive. And they did it. And, yep. you know, that's where I want to see some pride show up from BYU this week because it was lacking last week in Morgantown. We expected losses. Uh, that was that was a no-brainer. I don't think anyone expected this offense to be one of the worst in the country. No. To have an offensive line that has recruiting talent that's not producing and to have just mistakes week after week that – shouldn't be happening and it, it, the offensive line play really it, it came it reared its ugly head against West Virginia there were guys not even laying a hand on someone in the run and the pass they whiffed, they whiffed. as Kalani said they whiffed Caleb Etienne he whiffed you know and not having Paul Miley I mean even Connor Pay he whiffed Kingsley's had some struggles you know uh, this team they've got what I feel are NFL linemen that's what's crazy I, I get at it. least two to me I feel like Kingsley, Connor Pay, NFL guys. I think Waylon could have Waylon Lopwall could evolve into an NFL player. He's only a sophomore. I thought he was probably the best old lineman last week, and that's a low bar. But I feel like the offensive line's got to show up, and I'm curious to see, you know, how much of a beating they took to where they go, okay, we got to show some pride. We got to finish this thing out right, and you know, get some pride restored back to that BYU offensive line. It was last year, Matt. Last year, Aaron Roderick tells the media, that is a Big 12-ready unit. Offensive line, same coach, same personnel pretty much, with the exception of Lapuaho. Uh, it's They're not Big 12-ready. That's maybe the worst unit. I'm stunned to say that because I, I believed that they were going to be really good. Now, I was listening back this week to some of our preseason predictions. We did say we had a conversation where we're like, let's see them live up to the hype. Because there were times last year where they didn't live up to the hype. Totally. Oregon, they got outclassed. So they've showed us signs in like last year, but it's been amplified because now it's week after week, these tough teams in the Big 12 in the trenches, it's just a battle. And for BYU to not perform well, where you felt like that was BYU's DNA, was physical football in the trenches. And for that to not play out, that's frustrating. I want to see them bounce back tonight against an Iowa State team that embodies physicality. Yeah, they have a phenomenal defense. Let's take a break here. Let's break down this game, talk about Iowa State and what maybe BYU can do to overcome what has become a, a really good defense for the Cyclones. We're taking the break here. Cougar Sports Saturday from noon to 3, and then we'll be back tonight at 6 for extended pregame, getting you ready for BYU and Iowa State. Taking a break. We'll keep talking football on the other side. Cougar Sports Saturday on a college football game day. We're watching Kansas and Texas Tech. We'll give you an update on that a little bit later in the conference check-in. Big, big 12 game tonight. BYU, Iowa State. It's, it's not a sexy matchup on the national landscape, but it's one that's got some intrigue. When you dive into this matchup, Matt, BYU-Iowa State, there's some you know good storylines to this game, and, and most notably the chance to punch your ticket to the postseason with a win. Both, yeah, whoever wins this game is going to a bowl. That's, that's significant on multiple fronts. First, for BYU, I don't think it can be understated how important it is to get to six wins, just because... 
you get the extra bowl prep, you get another opportunity to play, and none of the people that you are redshirting, you can play in that bowl game and it doesn't affect you. So it's another opportunity to get a JoJo Phillips mm-hmm. a look, to to get Jake Retzlaff maybe another game, or you know, there's a lot of underclassmen that I think they'd like to play, and it's a lot easier to play them in a bowl game. And let's not forget last year, too. There were some guys who left the program. There were some guys who who left. So, like, that is a big deal. And then I think also, from a recruiting perspective, you're in the Big 12. You, you have that ammunition now. Going in people's rooms, saying we're playing Power 5 football, it's a little easier to sell the program and the future of the program if in your first year in the Big 12, you get to a bowl game. Hey, we beat Texas Tech. We beat. Cincinnati. We beat Iowa State if that ends up happening tonight. We're on the on the rise. Come join us and let's become a top shelf program in the Big Twelve. It's much easier to sell that with a win tonight because then you're bowl eligible. And then from Iowa State's side of things, are they having maybe one of the best years in the Big Twelve, considering how tumultuous their offseason was? I don't think there were a lot of people, myself included, Mitch who thought that they would be a bowl-eligible team. I thought they could be one of the worst teams in the Big 12, which with, with the betting scandal and players missing, how could they galvanize it? Well, guess what? Matt Campbell's a pretty dang good coach. He rallied the troops. Defensively, they're outstanding. They've got a good young quarterback. They've exceeded expectations. So for them to get to a bowl game with everything that happened this year and to rise above that, and they're so young, they're playing 23 underclassmen, there's a lot of interesting storylines about who can get to six wins. It's the youngest football team in the Big 12, Iowa State, and the fact that they might be knocking on the door of going to a bowl game, that speaks to, like they, they might be building something kind of like they had with Brock Purdy, Brees Hall. Yep. They're starting to build something pretty special with Iowa State, because I'm with you. I, I thought after they lost Hunter Deckers, who I tabbed in the preseason as the third best quarterback BYU was going to face this year, I thought, okay, Iowa State's can just go back to the bottom of the barrel in the Big 12 because because that's what they were last year. They only won uh, four games last season, and they were pretty much only one win in Big 12 play. And I just thought that's going to be the same again for them after the gambling scale because they lost stars, Hunter Deckers, Jarrell Brock at, at running back, all gone, and it's been okay. Redshirt freshman Rocco back for Iowa State. He's a good quarterback. He's, he's prone to sometimes make mistakes, but pretty good passer. And BYU will have their hands full. But I think what's most notable about Iowa State, it's the best secondary that BYU will have faced since the Kansas game, I think, in week four. This Iowa State secondary is really good, led by TJ Tampa, a cornerback for Iowa State. And they've got some questions at you know safety. Jeremiah Cooper, he's a little bit banged up. We'll find out more from the Iowa State insider that's going to join us next to kind of get inside of what's his status, but it's a really good secondary. So Jake Retzlaff, if he's going to have success through the air, it, it, it'll be noteworthy because it's one of the best secondaries BYU will have faced this year. Here's what Cyclone head coach Matt Campbell had to say about making the trip to Provo and playing BYU. Yeah, I don't know if it's extra motivation. I just think it's a reality of, you know, this team's undefeated at home this year. 
um, you know, you know how special this place is to play and what they've made it over the history of the last 30 to 40 years. And, you know, the honor for me growing up as a kid, I remember watching the ESPN games at night and you'd watch Lavelle Edwards and you'd watch this this BYU team and you were just in awe of how they operated and, and the precision and detail. And, you know, I, I've got the utmost respect for their head football coach right now. I, I, I said, if I had my sons, I'd be honored for them to play for him. And, you know, it just uh, a lot of respect for, for what this program's about. We know we'll get their best shot and how they play the game and it's going to be a great opportunity. But a great challenge for this team. What cool commentary from Matt Campbell, one of the best head coaches, I think, in the Big 12 and maybe to a lesser extent college football. I mean, there was a stretch there where he was every coaching search. Matt Campbell, Matt Campbell, he's going to leave Iowa State. I like that he just said, I'm going to stay at Iowa State and and build something. And they should almost erect a statue at at Iowa State for him because you look at the history of Iowa State football, uh, there's not much to write home about. And he's built a successful program. Cool commentary there from Campbell about having that respect for Kalani and BYU football history. We'll take the break. News, traffic, and weather are coming your way, and then we'll keep talking BYU-Iowa State on the other side. It's Cougar Sports Saturday. It's complete. Another touchdown! Cougar Sports Saturday. Saturday. A presentation of KSL Sports. KSL Sports. Left wing for three. He got it again! BYU Sports Talk by Cougar fans for Cougar fans. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte. On Utah's legacy home of the Cougars. KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. If you miss any part of the program today, you can always download the show on the Cougar Sports Saturday feed on KSLSports.com. And all podcasting platforms. Mitch Harper, Matt Biamonte with you. We're here till 3 o'clock getting you ready for BYU, Iowa State. Kickoff tonight, 8.15 p.m. We'll get extended pregame rolling at 6 o'clock here on the legacy home of the Cougars. And joining us now to get an insider look at the Cyclones and get to know the FOA, a team that BYU hasn't faced in 49 years. So we got to learn a little bit about the Iowa State Cyclones in this Big 12 matchup. We're joined now by Cyclone Alert writer, uh, part of the 24-7 Sports Network, Alec Bussey. And, and Alec, appreciate you joining us today. This is a, should be a pretty fun game tonight. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me on. Excited to be able to watch it um, from all the way back in Iowa. Didn't make the trip, but yeah, I'm excited for it. It should be a great game um, between two teams who are fighting to get to bowl eligibility. Iowa State, the offseason was uh, not ideal, to, to put it kindly, and yet they have put together a really nice season this year. How do you think this program was able to overcome some of those storylines in the offseason and I think surprise a lot of folks in the Big 12? Yeah, I think one of the big reasons is their just kind of commitment to the process, not to give you like the stereotypical coach speak answer, but they didn't overreact. They didn't uh, take any of the negatives out of the first two, three weeks of the season when they were one and two after a loss to rival Iowa, um, then a road trip out to Ohio where they lost to the Bobcats. They they stayed pretty even keeled. They came back from Ohio and they didn't seem to take it too hard. They talked about you know the the importance of you know we we learned from this. It's important for us to now you know regroup and that's really what they've done, um, especially in Big Twelve play. They've only lost um, a couple of Big Twelve games down in Oklahoma and then against. Uh, Kansas last weekend. So I think that the big reason is they just have done a really good job of, you know, keeping the main thing, the main thing and really doing a good job of, you know, staying focused on the task at hand every weekend. Alec Bussey from CycloneAlert.com, part of the 24-7 Sports Network, joining us now to preview 
BYU, Iowa State. Alec, kind of want to get a game day look at maybe some of the personnel for Iowa State, players like Jeremiah Cooper, guys that have been banged up. What's the status of those guys uh, heading into this matchup tonight? Yeah, no official word for Jeremiah Cooper and what his availability on tonight could be, but um, I will say Matt Campbell is pretty confident. It sounded like on Tuesday when he met with the press that Cooper would have an opportunity to play. He's been dealing with a little bit of a lower leg injury, it sounds like. Um, and I, like I said, they were pretty confident that he would have an opportunity to play this weekend. He just, it sounded like he just missed playing last weekend against Kansas. So I think Jeremiah Cooper has a good opportunity to be out of the field. And like you said, he's a big playmaker. He has five interceptions on the season, which is tied for second nationally. Do you think this is the best secondary in the Big 12 that Iowa State has? It's certainly up there. Um, TJ Tampa is a really good player. Um, he's likely a day two NFL draft pick. Malik Verdon is a really good um, safety next to Cooper as well. And then both Frailer is someone that um, Matt Campbell has kind of called the anchor of the defense. And I think that that's obviously a really redeeming compliment to get from your head coach if you're a player. So it's definitely one of the better secondaries in the Big 12 for sure. The Cyclones are a young team, 23 underclassmen who have played in every game this season. Who are a couple guys of those 23 that have surprised you and, and and are making a case to be household names for Iowa State in the future? I think one name in specific is probably quarterback Rocco Beck. Um, you know, he didn't play much at all last season. I think just one game, last game of the regular season down at TCU. And probably wasn't really anticipating being the starting quarterback as you entered spring practices. Because Hunter Deckers was returning, but then Hunter Deckers is involved in a gambling investigation. So that obviously kind of wipes him out for this season. And Deckers is still on campus. He's still an Iowa State student, but he's obviously no longer with the football program. So you kind of consider that. Beck has been pretty good for the most part this season. Good decision maker. He's been accurate for most of the season as well. He struggled a little bit in the last couple of weeks. He's thrown two or three pick sixes um, this season as well. But he's generally been pretty good for, for Iowa State this year. I think he's someone that they, they like a lot at quarterback. Um, on the defensive side, Caleb Bacon is a former walk-on at linebacker. He's really impressed them this season. And so is um, true freshman linebacker Jack Sadowski. He started every game for Iowa State right in the middle. Alec, uh, you know, how big of a storyline has the late-night kick been for Iowa State? i, I got to imagine this 9:15 body clock kick time is probably the latest maybe ever in Iowa State history. Has, has that been a big storyline leading up to this matchup? It's a really good question. Um, on Tuesday when we had our weekly press conference with Matt Campbell, he was asked about it a couple times. He kind of shoved it under the rug. I don't know if that's just Coach Speak acting like it doesn't really matter. I think one of the phrases – he used was, I think, back to being 18 to 22 years old when it gets to 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, that was prime time. Um, so I don't know if good point. Matt, Campbell, um, Matt Campbell's body clock is a little bit different than, than mine might be right now because I get pretty tired around 10 o'clock at night. But, yeah, I think that he, uh, he doesn't seem to be making a big deal out of it. I asked specifically about the altitude, um, and he also didn't seem to make a big deal out of that. He talked about a time previously in his career when he was coaching at Toledo. They went on the road and won at Wyoming and out in Laramie. And Laramie's got a higher altitude elevation than, than Provo does. But the reason I asked specifically about the uh, the altitude was because I remember watching Florida play at Utah earlier in the year and Holly Rowe doing a report about every Florida player having their own personal portable oxygen tank that they could take take hits of. And, you know, they showed them doing that on the sideline quite a bit. Now, I know Florida's sea level elevation is probably a little bit different than Ames, Iowa, but – that was something that I was curious about. But, again, Campbell didn't seem too concerned about it. Wide receiver Jalen Noel 
he's become quite the weapon for Iowa State. He's a dynamic kick returner, punt returner, receiver. Where do you think he ranks up there in terms of just uh, dynamic weapons in the Big 12? Yeah, I don't know if I would think that Noel is Iowa State's biggest receiver um, weapon in terms of big plays. I'll probably say it's Jaden Higgins, actually. Higgins, um, I think he has about 18 yards per catch this season. He's got four or five touchdowns on the year as well. So you combine those things, I think that that makes him a little bit of a bigger threat down the field than Noel, especially because Higgins is just bigger. He's longer. Um, but, you know, Noel does a really good job of creating separation, being a reliable target to bring passes in for back, and he does lead the team in catches. How do you see this game playing out tonight? Do you see it being a kind of a rock fight, or do you feel like it's going to be along the lines of, you know, what other teams have been having so much success against BYU, putting up big numbers offensively? How do you feel this this game you know plays out, and what, where are the strengths for Iowa State in the matchup? Yeah, so I I picked um, picked Iowa State to win, but I don't really understand why they're getting eight points on the Vegas betting line. I think it'll be a little bit closer than that. I think I picked Iowa State twenty three or twenty four to twenty. Um, so I do think it'll be a close game. I know how difficult it is for teams to go on the road and win at BYU. I, I did the research this week in the Kalani Sataki era. Um, and dating back specifically like 2020, I think that BYU is 20 and four or something in games to kick off after five o'clock at night. So you combine all of those things. And I, I do think it will be a close game. The reason I'm siding with Iowa state though is, you know, I just think that they're a little bit of a more complete team. They've done a good job of playing consistent football for most of the year as well. And I think that that's something that the BYU has kind of struggled with. They've been a little bit more of a roller coaster, especially as the season has progressed, but if Iowa State does fall tonight, I'm not going to be surprised at all because it's a tough environment to, to go on the road and expect to win in. What's the strength of the Iowa State offense right now? It's a really good question. Um, you know, if you look at a lot of the numbers, there's not a lot of strengths if you compare it to a lot of their Big 12 peers. The running game slowly improved as the season kind of went on. Um, but then last week, they only had, I think, 75 rushing yards against a KU team that struggles to stop the run, but they fell behind, so that forced them to throw the ball a lot more than they maybe wanted to. Um, And then you kind of consider things a little bit further than that. I think that Beck's decision-making I would probably consider a strength, but the last two weeks he struggled with that a little bit, and his accuracy has faded a little bit in the last couple weeks. So I think that that's another question to mark um, as well as when you kind of look at overall strengths is what Rocco Beck is going to show up at quarterback for Iowa State tonight. He's Alex Alec Bussey uh, with CycloneAlert.com. Check out his bylines there, part of the 24-7 Sports Network, and follow him on X at Alec underscore Bussey. Alec, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Hope to do this again down the road, maybe in basketball season when BYU goes to Hilton Coliseum, and we'll be, we'll be definitely crossing paths down the road here in Big 12 play in the future. Yeah, looking forward to it, guys. Have some fun at the game tonight and enjoy the views from the press box. I, I see lots of pictures. It looks pretty. Yeah, it, it's it, it, we're pretty lucky. It is a great view, and uh, we will be devouring some cougar tails in your honor, Alec. <laughs> Sounds great, guys. Have a good <laughs> Thanks one. Thanks again, Alec. That's Alec Bussey here on, on Cougar Sports Saturday on KSL News Radio. Taking a break, we'll do a conference check and get you up to speed on this entertaining Texas Tech-Kansas game and what else is happening around the Big 12 Conference today. It's Cougar Sports Saturday, powered by KSL Sports. Cougar Sports Saturday, Hour 1. We're rocking and rolling here from Broadcast House. We'll be down in Provo later tonight. Extended pregame. We'll get you started at 6 p.m. here on KSL News Radio before we hand it over to Greg Rubel 
and the BYU Sports Network for pregame here on KSL News Radio. Right now, though, Mitch, let's do what we do every single week now that we're a part of the Big 12. Conference check in, powered by Central Bank. Everything happening in the Big 12 this week. That's right. It's always sponsored by Central Bank. We've teased it. Kansas, nationally ranked Kansas, number 16 in the country, taking on Texas Tech at the moment, and it's coming down to the wire. Texas Tech up 13 to 10 on nationally ranked Kansas in Lawrence. 233 to go. It should be noted that Kansas is down to their third-string quarterback. Jalen Daniels, the quarterback that BYU faced. I can't believe that he. <laughs> that was the last time he played. He's still out, not suited up. He's in street clothes. Jason Bean, the backup, he goes down with a knee injury in the second quarter. He goes into the tent, comes back for one play. What do you do when a quarterback bangs up his knee? Quarterback design run, baby. He then gets injured, and he's out for the remainder of the game. So they've got a true freshman quarterback in the game, the third-string QB, and they're trying to find a way to break through and get this win because they're still in the Big 12 championship race. Texas Tech, too, it should be noted. They're 4-5, and five, need to get to bowl eligibility with six wins. Uh, they're a different team with Baron Morton, so BYU Ace, got a little yeah. bit of a break avoiding Baron Morton, but coming down to the wire in Lawrence. We'll see if Ballard, Jayhawks have the ball. There's 224 left. Let's see if this freshman can, it, you know, for lack of a better phrase, one of our favorite sports phrases of all time, <laughs> you know where I'm going here. Grow up before our eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well said. We'll see, you know, I've, I've I'm subscribed to ESPN Plus, and I feel like the only reason why I subscribe to ESPN Plus, honestly, is just to watch Baylor football. They're on every single week on ESPN Plus. They're coming up at the top of the hour. Uh, Baylor at number 25, Kansas State, 1 p.m. Kansas State should roll in that game. Here's an interesting one. Number 15, Oklahoma State off that huge win in Bedlam at UCF, ESPN 130. Any chance you think Oklahoma State gets upset by the Knights? They gave Oklahoma a scare. No. I like Oklahoma State. Here's the thing, man. They have a prolific running back, probably, what, the best in the country right now? It's hard to believe that he didn't start the season. And it's hard to believe, too, Ollie Gordon, the second. His second scholarship offer, who was it? BYU. And he had BYU in, like, his final three, I believe. And BYU just couldn't get him. Wow. Yeah. Ollie Gordon was a BYU recruit. Nate Slack probably remembers that. I don't think he'd be doing this. At BYU behind this, he probably made a good decision. (laughs) But that dude's a freak. I think he should be the Heisman winner. He has been outstanding. He's changed their team. And here's the thing you know what always works, regardless of home away, snow or sleet, (laughs) rain or snow, a good run game. Iowa State has a great run game right now. They're going to go down to UCF and get a W. Do you think West Virginia follows up that dominant performance over BYU? Does it travel to Norman? No. West Virginia at number 17, Oklahoma, 5 p.m. on Fox. Not so fast, <laughs> my friend, Mitch. I don't think so. I, look, West Virginia, great win, tip of the cap. They played great football. What we saw last week in Morgantown, that is not indicative of who West Virginia is this season. I like Oklahoma to win. I like Oklahoma to come in maybe on the fringe of 15 Next week when they come to Provo. Am I being nitpicky, but didn't it feel like Garrett Green was just uh, very inaccurate? Like, they could have yeah, been worse. Totally. Like, West Virginia left points on the board because Garrett Green was an, an inaccurate quarterback. After that, Cincy and Houston, don't care. Let's move on. Texas and TCU. 
Do you think there's any chance the horned frogs put a stinger in the Longhorns? I think this is a game in the fourth quarter. I do think that TCU— Even with uh, Quinn Ewers back. Yes, I think TCU gives them a scare. I think Josh Hoover taps into his BYU performance and has his best game since that afternoon in Fort Worth against BYU. I think TCU loses, but uh, I think it's going to be close. I think I'm going to say less than a touchdown— TCU gives Texas a scare. TCU's got athletes. They got some of the best talent in the league. They still do, in my opinion. That's why I'm, I'm floored that TCU's four and five, two and four in the league because they've got talent. I think they'll match up pretty well with Texas. It won't be a situation where it's outclassed and you're going to go, "How do you match up with Jatavian Sweat and uh, defensive line?" So I think TCU will match up well and they'll hang around in the fourth quarter. And then the, the nightcap, Iowa State. At BYU here on KSL News Radio, eight fifteen kick. Probably gonna have a TV slide, so expect eight twenty five, eight thirty, eight twenty five at the earliest. Maybe it's gonna start on ESPN News, but hey, you can rest assured it's gonna be here. I on hope your that it doesn't, home. because for those watching at home, if you record on a streaming service, you'll never get that clip back. That's never happened will. so many times where you're like, okay, let's go rewatch this baby. You're like at the nine-minute mark in the first quarter. What the heck? You just got to go to the on-demand on the uh, the ESPN platform, and then you'll have the full game if you want to see the – you got to go on a computer. I know that's that's first-world problems. <laughs> got to go on a phone or a laptop to go see it, but that's what you might have to do. Uh, just, it'll, just maybe, it'll, maybe it'll eventually make its way to YouTube courtesy of our good friend yeah. Snap the Tackle down the road. Dave Fleming on the call on the TV side. He's typically been a good luck charm for BYU, but he was not earlier this year. He was Jaron year. Hall's best friend. There were some great calls with Jaron Hall and Rod, you know, Rod Gilmore. And you miss world- Rod? I do. I do miss Rod. I'm actually one you of the- You can't f- say that. Because that man stirred the pot, and he just conjures up a reaction from everyone. That's why I love it. Brock Osweiler's the analyst tonight on the on the TV call. He's- by the way, if you didn't know, what's your favorite He's Dave six Fleming foot eight. call? I'm He's putting, six foot eight. I'm putting you on the spot because there were some good ones in the past couple of years. Was it? Was it Powell down the middle in the Cougars? I honestly don't know. I can't think of a Dave Fleming call. I just know he's been on the mic for for many. I years. like Dave Fleming's cadence. Yeah, he, I, he's he's good. He's good. He's good on the calls. I, I think that he'll do a nice job. Tonight for BYU, Iowa State. Power! Damn them! <laughs> I love that Arizona call. Let's take a break. On the other side, we'll go inside Cougar football with Tyler Batty next here on Cougar Sports Saturday, powered by KSL Sports.